Over the course of this morning, we're now in the fourth worship service celebrating resurrection, and some suggested that we walk down like they do at football games, holding up the four fingers, you know, getting ready, like fourth quarter's hours. Here we are. I've also have noticed that the egg, this egg that, that made its appearance now thrice, has become increasingly larger and larger and larger. That doesn't mean the sermon gets longer and longer and longer, I promise you. And in fact, I, I was reading a story uh, this week about Miss Jones who was shaking hands with the preacher on the way out and noticed that he had cut his face like I did a few weeks ago and still have a, a scar to prove it. And, uh, you know, James doesn't let me forget how poorly a shave or I am, <clears throat> but she said, uh, Pastor, what happened to your cheek? Why did you, or how did you cut your face? And he said, well, I was thinking about my sermon this morning while I was shaving. I guess I wasn't concentrating and cut myself in the process. Miss Jones said, well, that's too bad. Next time you should concentrate on your shaving and cut your sermon. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of good news here today. The, it's good news that on this Easter morning, the gospel, it preaches itself. And this total worship service is it's like an hour-long sermon, really. And some of you just looked up because you heard me say hour-long sermon, and you thought, what, what's happening? The message of Easter has, has come today. It's come today through the, the trumpets and our fine musicians, our choir who's worked so hard, it's come through the work of our worship committee and our flower guild to just beautify this whole place. It, it's come through the voices and the laughter and the faces of, of children. The Easter message has come. The reminder of Easter has come that we're not alone because just look around. And we see people we have not seen in, in years, maybe. Pandemics, distancing travels. But you have heard from this pulpit time and again, a timeless gospel message that Jesus is not dead, that he is risen. It's that simple. The question is, how will it change our story? Because the Easter message is one that welcomes scars and cuts and wounds. And sometimes those scars and cuts and wounds are on the outside, but a lot of times, most of the time, they're on the inside. This Easter message is one that says, whatever the grief and the doubt and, and the darkness and the emptiness, it's, it's all welcome here. Today really is part of, of a great crescendo. The choir and the, and the orchestra and the organ, they've been working crescendos throughout some of these musical scores today. But the gospel narrative is, is a great crescendo, and we're caused uh, to pause today and ask ourselves, can we get our minds, our hearts around this notion that God who resurrects lives still bids us leave the dirt of the tomb, to leave that dirt behind and to step forward into the light of a new day. We need to see again our Messiah has rolled away his stone and he's come to roll away our stones too to a new day. It really started a couple of thousand years ago. We sang about it a few months ago. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. We sang that at Advent right at Christmas Eve. I think God looked down on, on the world and he saw and he heard 
so many people shaping and fashioning and projecting uh, how God should be, you know, impatient, maybe punitive, angry, distant. That's what we would do if, if we were God. We would fashion that kind of God into that kind of image. So I think what happened is God decided to do something different, something radical, something new, to take something and out of nothing, really. And so he opened the floors of heaven and, and poured down into the life of this young teenage girl from Nazareth, his own son, for whom there was literally no room at the inn. And what that means is there is no room in our understanding for how God, through Christ, was coming to get messy and dirty with our human story to take the dirt and the mess of our lives and, and to do something new with it. Really, the story is quite older than that. If you'll think back to the book of Genesis, Genesis 1 shows creation happening when God speaks. God said, let there be light, and, and there was light. But Genesis 2 is different. That creation story says God scooped up dirt. It's called Adamah, from which we get the word Adam. And God went, and breathed life into dirt. And creation was formed. You know, in the dirt of a cave and in the dirt of the tomb, and despite all the dirt in between, Jesus did some pretty spectacular things in this world. He grew up doing hard work with, with his hands. The hands of God did, did hard work. And the time came for, for public ministry and Jesus didn't go off to, to some fancy seminary and pursue ordination and put something on the wall and then put on a black robe and a white stole. Instead, he called some, some normal people, fishermen, tax collectors, zealots, religious nuts, we might call them, <laughs> common folk from the neighborhood, and from there, they started making this trek throughout the countryside, and Jesus would take his hands, and he would turn water into wine. And Jesus would take, he would take his hands, these hands of God, and dip in some bread and some fish and feed 5,000 people with 12 baskets left over. And he would just go throughout that same countryside, healing all sorts of diseases and stereotypes and eating with all the wrong people and, and bumping into, as we said last week, bumping into the church and bumping into the state. He would take those hands and at one point he would reach down into the dirt and start doodling something with his hands to spare a woman's life because the church and the state said she, she should die. And there was this other occasion when Jesus took those same hands and he scooped up some more dirt and spit in it. Do you remember that? And he made some mud and he put it on the man's eyes so the man could see again. And then he did something quite audacious. He said to one group, um, you need to sell everything that you have and use your hands to give that to the poor. And then he started talking nonsense. That the last shall be first and the first shall be last and the kingdom of God is here and, and now. And this great crescendo of disapproval was building 
Because that's not how people envision God or the hands of God. But that great crescendo of disapproval is actually the crescendo of love when the world fails to see that we serve a God who's, who's ready to roll up his sleeves and get involved in our lives. Whatever it takes, really. Whatever it takes. If we can see God that way, on this day of all days, the day of resurrection, then our view of God changes everything about how we understand resurrection and how we will respond to it. Because if we want to, to live life believing that God is, is always trying to find our faults and messing up, uh, waiting for us to mess up so that we can be zapped by some kind of lightning bolt, then we're always going to live kind of behind locked doors in fear and just always looking through some tears, I think. But resurrection tells us that we see God in a new light because God chose to reveal himself most fully through the life, the ministry, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And that changed everything. And that changes everything. And so today we've, we've gathered in this glorious sanctuary after being apart for so long it's been three years since we've been able to gather in person in full for the Easter celebration. Last year, we did the social distancing thing and the, the registrations that were not exactly a religious experience like we thought they wanted. You know, it's like hard work, <laughs> labor of love. Right, Lucas? <laughs> Who did it all? Two years ago, I stood in this pulpit and preached an empty tomb to an empty room. I pray to Jesus we never have to do that again. We pushed through Good Friday. We pushed through the darkness of Good Friday. We thought just a few days ago that surely death and sin had won. But what we see on this new day is a God who would rather die than for us to remain condemned or in bondage to our shame. He would rather suffer the shame of the cross instead of us having to be chained up by our own. And, and some of us here need to, need to hear that message today because we're stuck in Good Friday and we're stuck in the darkness and the emptiness and the chaos, the uncertainty, not knowing when the light of a new day will come and today is that day. Today is the day that that light has come and we see a God who is willing to get dirty and messy as a sign that we're not left alone when life becomes dirty and messy. We see a God who's willing to get hands dirty if that's what it takes to be close to his children. We see a God who rises to new life and he chooses a woman with a, a messy past to be the first preacher to say, I've seen the Lord, to tell it to two disciples, the pillars of the church who were locked behind doors because of fear and because of doubt. And if those three can become the first Christian community, just think what God can do with us. Here's the thing. Today's Easter celebration with all of the glorious lilies, a commissioned peace just for this day, you just heard it a minute ago, the, the brass, the, the bright colors, the, everything that is associated with this day of celebration should never outweigh that we serve a God 
who gets down and, and dirty to create something new in your life from the inside out. From the inside out. It's glorious, today is, but unless it changes, unless we allow Christ to change our hearts, what's it all for? So today's a new day. We see that God gets down with us and for us and makes us new. And sometimes new might mean that there's still some dirt with which God can work. There's still holes in our lives and puncture wounds in our story like Jesus. But a new body is being raised, my friends. A new body of Christ is being raised in us and is us. Today is about God being hands-on again and again and again to make all things new. Not to make sure that we have it all figured out. We never will. And we, we have our part to do to follow Jesus where he's leading, toward holiness. But we don't have to be stuck in the chaos, in the darkness, in the tomb. Let your stone be rolled away today. New, new, Easter new, looks like families that, that figure out a way to reconcile. The newness of Easter and that day looks like somebody willing to finally take a step toward recovery. Resurrection new looks like the person who says, I've been wrong this whole time, and then offsets that guilt and, and shame and says, today's a, a new day. God, can you work with this dirt, that I've, this mess that I have made? New looks like forgiving someone who doesn't care if you forgive them or not. But it's a new day. New looks like loving someone who, who will never love you back because Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. New looks like allegiance, soul allegiance to the kingdom of God, not to the kingdoms we create for ourselves. New looks like coming back after being separated for two years. I saw the new day of resurrection this morning. Some of you have come back to this service and the other sanctuary services after being in the Garth at 7 a.m. And I saw families standing on that squishy, muddy dirt with water saturating up, buffering against the shoes that we had on that were so pretty, this muddy water. And I thought about how over the past two years, so many of you have lost a loved one, or over the past however many years, you've lost, and we've laid your loved one, your, your friend, your parent, your spouse, your child, we've laid them to rest in our, our columbarium. And we've shared with all of you that this Garth is the first place every year where we proclaim death does not win, he is risen. So we stood out there as the day was breaking this morning. And we stood there on that dirt, on that mud, that messy soil, remembering that God does not leave us alone to our grief. God comes alongside us. Mary didn't see it. But she heard her name called Mary. 
Mary. Some of us need to let go of our Good Fridays today. Others of us need to hear Jesus calling our name. That's what the light of a new day looks like. It looks like a God who continues to be born in unassuming places and rises from the tombs we incessantly dig for ourselves. The new day is this clarion call that no matter what dirt this world has on us, no matter how dirty we have been, no matter the degree of violence this world exacts on itself, no matter how often we feed our egos and build ourselves up, no matter how messy we make life, God continues to break into this world, to roll away our stones, to make all things new. Because you're loved that much. So if you're like Mary, seeing the world opaquely through the, the tears that grief is muddling everything, or if you're like Peter and the beloved disciple locked by uh, doors behind your fear and doubt today, if that's what has accompanied you here, guess what? Hear the good news. That's okay. Hear this good news. Real life is the dirt into which God breathes new life. That's where God is trying to find you. No matter how empty you feel the other 365 days of the year, today is the day to know that you belong to God and there is nothing you can do to make God love you any more than you are perfectly loved right now. There's nothing you can do that will ever prevent you from being loved by God. Today is a new creation. It began like the first creation in the darkness and in the chaos and in the emptiness and in the dirt from which God Almighty used the womb of a tomb to give birth to the new day, the eighth day, as we say. If you are not in a place where you can believe that, you have hundreds around you who will believe it for you. If you're not in a place where you can pray that, you have hundreds around you who will pray it for you. And if you can't pray it, if you can't believe it, if you can't speak it, you can breathe it. Because the very air in your lungs can be a prayer to God that you're saying, I want my stone rolled away. Today is a new day.